Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You hear that sound. You know what it is. It's time for Hawk Rock Talk. We're the talking rock. And We're not talk. talking. <laughs> talking. Podcast in the world. Rocking, rocking and talking. Oh, too much rocking and talking. And oh, my God, are we hawking and rocking? <laughs> I said the hottest hawk talk rocking podcast in the world for a reason, folks, because today we are doing the one, the only. And the explosions go off right there. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's kiss time. Oh, hawk, boy. Rock, talk. <laughs> now, just to let you know how this is going to go, we're doing two separate episodes. This is the first twofer we're doing with Hawk Rock Talk. We are going to take it all the way up to, what are we doing? Unmasked? Dynasty? Un- no, uh, yeah, it would be how up to... How far did we go here? It would, no, it would be up to Creatures of the Night. Creatures of the Night, which a reissue is coming out. We're going... Oh, I would... I would maybe get a ratio that I'd like an ratio, yeah. but uh, yeah. we're going makeup, no makeup, makeup, no, no makeup. makeup, 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 no makeup, makeup. <laughs> makeup. makeup, no makeup, no makeup. And of course, uh, Kiss formed in 1973 in New York City. Paul Stanley, Gene Simmons, Ace Freely, Peter, Chris, and uh, you know, the creature, the, the starman, the spaceman, and the kitty cat. <laughs> The kitty cat. I'm the kitty cat. Ow. It's time for the kitty cat to go out to the front of the stage, sit on a bucket, and sing Beth. <laughs> Which is what and would then, happen. And then have the rest of the band angry that the next record, the song he sings, isn't as big of a hit. Not as, as good. Beth. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, before we hop into it, uh, where are you with Kiss? Like where? Bef- until we got here, yeah. And prepped I, I need for this to give episode. Two answers. Yeah, there's two answers. Before we started prepping for this, where were you with Kiss? Before we started prepping with this, with Kiss, Kiss has always been a band that n- never clicked for okay. me. Why? Um, I, I still might feel this. I think for their like prime era for makeup era. I think ultimately, and that's kind of what the live records are. There's like. 12 to 14 like amazing songs mm-hmm. that do what kiss does but i think there's slightly uh i don't know I, I think a big chunk of it is that they uh are so important to some people that it felt like i was lost with them i was just like you're to this music like it's okay like it's not worth the <laughs> devotion they and have some serious fucking devotion to they, that's they the thing really and do. i think especially like growing up with like metal like metal dudes like of a certain age like really love kiss right uh and i would always be like really dime bag like okay like you know uh really buzz osborne like okay sure mm-hmm. uh because it just still wouldn't click and it f- always did feel like where i was like well i'm not seeing them with the make i can i get it a little bit more if it was like uh, you know with the big show but i think also i realized and this maybe leads into where i'm at with them now a big chunk of it is like kiss is influential on a lot of genre that uh, maybe wasn't like my favorite growing up Okay. And we're mostly talking about just like hair metal. Like, right. Like, and we'll get right. into it with various bands when we get to our rock talks, but it wasn't my bread and butter. Like, you were it was not like, into hair metal. Not really. Yeah, um, okay. Yeah. Like, I, 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 no, like, I, I had the Dr. Feelgood Kasingle 
Oh yeah. Um, and what I was loved B-side that. On that. Do you remember? Shit, I don't. It kills me now. I yeah. wish I knew. Um, that my aunt got me. Uh, because that was the thing. Like, you know, I wasn't really my my dad and my brother listen to classic rock, but I'd give the check off to my aunt. Uh, mm-hmm. who introduced me to kind of metal. Um, and you wouldn't, if you ever met her, it's believe that. It's a kind that. of metal. It's a kind of metal. No. Like, you would not guess that my two aunts were into, like, the fact that, like, my Aunt Nancy saw, like, Poison, like, 40 yeah. times. Some crazy amount of times. Like, she had Ricky Rackman's Cat House demo that she had ordered. Uh, uh, and she was very into hair metal, but I remember like she gave me the black album because she's like, it's too heavy. I think you would like it. And I was like, oh, okay. And she gave me Dr. Feelgood as a Thanksgiving gift. Oh, it's very apropos. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Um, because I liked, I mentioned, I liked the song Dr. Feelgood. Uh, but I was always into heavier Here's stuff. Here's the one you call so- Dr. Feelgood. Here's the one he's taking the turkey out. Here's the one you call <laughs> Dr. Feelgood. We he's gotta have some dressing. <laughs> <laughs> we both said the same fucking yeah, thing. Our brains, oh, man. It's, but yeah, okay. so I was never, just a, like, yeah, the summary there, I was never a big hair metal guy. So, mm-hmm. especially now that I'm reading like nothing but a good time, I talked about another episode, that oral history of like oh, essentially so like hair metal. It's a great book. And we and, covered that on a best show book club episode. If oh, you want to yeah. find that out, uh, we had the authors on Tom uh, Bajor and yeah. uh, it, it was a, uh, it was fantastic. It's a hell of a book, a very fast read. Yeah. It makes um, sense that every band is like, of course I listen to a lot of kiss. Mm-hmm. And then of course I listen to a lot of kiss. <laughs> right. Oh, it all, it all makes, it all makes sense. I think yeah. that, I think that kiss is the Genesis for, for a lot of that. Really? Yes. I mean, you can look at a lot of different bands uh, to see where where that genesis happened. I do think Kiss was probably you can blame them for about sixty percent of it. Yeah, and that's easily. the thing is, I think that with Kiss is like you can blame them for it. like you know, like you can blame, a I, and I and I don't mean that as a as a slight in any way because I love hair metal. Sure, uh, for many for years when I was on one hundred five point three, the Bear, the Valley's rock station. I did a hair metal show every Saturday night from nine until midnight, and it was called the Big Hairball, <laughs> and it was nothing. It was nothing but hair metal, and then like people would call in, and I would fuck with them on the on the like. Would, I, it was basically like they were calling me to be pranked by characters that I was doing, right? And that was a whole show. That was it. <laughs> I had like. A Ronnie James Dio character that was trapped in a cage on the like, just like, <laughs> ah, you know, and I would do that all the time. And I loved all that because, you know, and we played a lot of Kiss. Yeah. Um, but we mainly played the Kiss stuff that would fit in with hair metal. So yeah. we did like Heavens on Fire and Lick It Up and, um, you know, two songs. Which will that be the interesting in part the is next like, episode. The next episode. There's a lot I got to say that I didn't think I'd have to say because I have to say briefly when you ask where am I at now, I currently am at, as we texted, mm-hmm. I've never listened to this much kiss in my entire life and I maybe never <laughs> want to listen to them ever again. I, I, they are one of my favorite bands. I love kiss. Mm-hmm. I've seen them live many times. Mm hmm. And doing this deep dive for this episode um, may have crushed my childhood spirit a little bit. Uh, it was just a little too much. 
the minute we decided to do it as a two-parter and i was like fuck it i'll listen to the non the non-makeups that i haven't listened to and then i was like this is work like i i am fitting in 18 albums or something here's the thing on you know i I do another music related podcast with tom sharpling mike lisk and pat byrne called rubenesque and we did so far as well whenever we do an episode of that we give at least a month or three weeks to listen to the the batch that we have to listen to. We fucking decided Monday yeah. that we were going to do Kiss, Hawk, Rock, Talk, and a twofer. Yeah. We're recording this on a Thursday. We record pretty much every Thursday. So there's a little treat for you. If you wondered when we record these, uh, we do record every Thursday. And um, I, I've just been living and breathing and bleeding. Yeah kiss for the past few days and i haven't made kristen listen to any of it because she hates it she does not like psyched about it but like again we've talked like i'm kind of like i just i kind of control it all the time so i just leave it and harry's loving it i'll say that so harry yeah this is like five-year-old is is like but like i'll watch him just like bopping his literally bopping his butt to every song and like you let him watch any videos of them like on stage and you should i will i will you might enjoy it but we also talked about that there are certain records and we'll get into especially this episode Mm -hmm. that i was like i'm comfortable letting him listen to death metal i'm not comfortable for the first time letting him listen to some kiss lyrics there are some especially on rock and roll over right that were i was just like this is wild i can't do this for my son yeah (laughs) mostly because i don't want him to learn how to do the most clunky obvious rhymes that have ever existed um which is a kiss staple (laughs) i've got a rocket and it's in my pocket (laughs) yeah oh yeah it's just like they're not afraid kiss is not they're not afraid paul stanley's like gene how are we gonna put a dick in this song and Gene's just like, I don't know, I'm in a movie. Go pronounce it weird. So. <laughs> and Ace is just like, maybe, well, I don't know why I gave him a British accent. Maybe you I was trying to do, to do like a Brooklyn accent. He's like, oh, maybe I'll just, uh, you know, uh, play guitar on this part over here. And then Peter Chris is like, maybe I'll get the bucket out and sit on the bucket and sing about a girl named Biff. I mean, now you're actually doing a, a note for note impression of them because the peter chris and ace freely yeah never not shocking when they start talking they are oh like, my that, god it's like cc deville was like you, good you gave me the opportunity to say <laughs> my voice is fine right thank you cc deville for preparing me tom uh, Kiefer and and uh for what the voices of kiss are gonna be like because yeah. paul's very paul he's Paul's got always a gonna bit of, talk a little bit like this new york city 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 <laughs> Gene's always done here. Gene's Wisp Turlington. Gene <laughs> is very Wisp Turlington. Yes, he is. Because he's a creep and oh he's my convinced God. in his opinion. And he, but he's got a great, he has a great Twitter account. And uh, so yeah. does Paul. Yeah. I highly recommend following them before Twitter implodes. It might be dead by the time this uh, this airs. Yeah. But um, Paul Stanley, for a while there, like he got a pizza oven. So all of his tweets were like, look at this pizza. Paul Stanley voted in uh, Val Verde's mayor, Mayor David Lee he Roth, did. by he one voted, vote because he, only, he won by one vote. Yeah, I mean, it's like Paul Stanley had set us up by just having the photo of him just right. holding a sticker with his Paul Stanley like he t- he. Do you taught, think Paul Stanley <laughs> taught everyone how to do the Instagram like? Duck oh yeah, the 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 pout the yeah the, yeah the everyone on Instagram is doing the Paul. Everyone on social media is doing the Paul Stanley pout. 
Like that's yeah. all there is to it. You think you look cute? You're doing a Paul Stanley. <laughs> yeah. You think that when Paul Stanley voted, he pressed the button. He's like, voted. Yes. I imagine he. Yes. Everything he does, he accompanies it by him telling us what he's doing. Voting location. Um. Here's where I am with Kiss. Where, yeah. where I I grew up with Kiss. Um. I grew up with them. We we lived in the same neighborhood. No. <laughs> you and Ace just Me playing Ace, stick like, ball. Play, what, you play, you want to play some stick ball? Yeah, man, we'll, like, we'll play some stick balls yeah. and go over there, there. <laughs> there is a video where they're doing an interview. I think it was Tom Snyder. There's a Tom Snyder video where he starts like, like Ace starts laughing. And he's like, <laughs> and the rest, the rest of the members are just like, well, there goes our image. Image blown. I mean, it was. <laughs> yeah, I'm from New York. I almost want to say the first time I heard Ace Freely talk was actually odd a, and, and recognized it like in my mm-hmm. brain was like a that metal show episode with Eddie <laughs> Trunk, you know, and you're Trunk. just like, wait, what? That's what Ace sounds like. And then Peter Chris came out like the next week and you're like, what? That's yeah. what they sound like. There's also, before I get into my history, there's another video I want you all to find, and it is the time that a Peter Crisp impersonator was being interviewed on the Phil Donahue show, because this this Peter Crisp impersonator had basically grifted this woman, and he was living with her, and she was like, I'm living with Peter Crisp, <laughs> and then the real Peter Crisp walks out, and then it's this, wow. it's a very uncomfortable I highly recommend it. Maybe we do a third episode just based on that video. We might have to. Little known yeah. fact, too. Peter Chris was the Ewok in that Today Show where the Ewoks took over Trump. No, he was not. No, he wasn't. <laughs> I hope. I was like, please let that be that true. That showed up recently and some like people remember this happened sort of thing. And I was like, yeah. I did forget it happened. And that is wild that when that please, happened. Please, I need to, we need to put that up on uh, Good Rock Facts. Yeah. And uh, just a picture of that. <laughs> yes. Um, so here I am, Kiss. I'm a young uh, guy getting really into Metallica. I'm growing a mullet, a pube stash. I got a Metallica shirt for every day of the week. And, um, you know, I had some friends that were really, really into Kiss. My buddy, uh, Kenny Wilson, he had a, um, a cousin, brother-in-law. It was a brother-in-law named uh, John Haley, biggest Kiss fan I have ever encountered. Like, you go into his house, and it is everything. Captain like this in man, the Kiss Army. This man was at least a sergeant in the Kiss Army. He's going to definitely be buried in the Kiss coffin. And, uh, you know, that got me into it. And I got double platinum, which is a great Kiss collection of um, their best songs from the recorded era of the or like makeup era of the band. I highly recommend that double platinum. You don't need s- smashes, thrashes and hits, really, um, <laughs> unless you're dying to hear. Let's let's put the X in sex. Um, if you're I mean, dying to hear of. that, then get it. Um, <laughs> this song's called Let's Put the Uck in Fuck. Uh, you know, the drums going off in the background. Eric Singer just yeah, hitting exactly. it. Um, I loved the Revenge album, which we'll talk about in the next episode. And I was going to go see Kiss in 92. I was so excited. Here's, man, here's what my week was that week. I was going to two concerts that week. Kiss 
with Trickster and Faster Pussycat opening. Oh, man. Faster Pussycat was like singer of Panthers and Orchids, like favorite band growing up. Really? Yeah, he loved that record. They they ruled, man. Yeah. They are great. And uh, we're going to have to do a hair metal episode. Yeah. Um, and then, so I was going to see them at the Roanoke Civic Center. And then, I, I can't remember if it was before or after the Kiss show, I also had tickets to see Weird Al Yankovic. Oh, boy. Look at who this. Was my hero, still my hero to this day. Replace the Kiss reason with I even Primus, do, and that would be like a junior high Garlock's dream. Hey, I week. saw Primus the next the next year. They came to, to Radford University. Uh, uh, the, so this would have been ninety three. Okay, so so right the, when Pork Soda, Pork Soda came Soda. out. Yeah, yeah I was, was on Pork Soda in ninety three. They headlined. Yeah, that was that was a good year. Um, then I got hoof and mouth disease. Hell yeah been there done that and uh so i I, my mouth was completely full of canker sores i could barely swallow my hoofs were terrible yeah they were really bad i saw pictures it was crazy yeah like these hoofs are damaged um they put the canker sores in sex with that month you put (laughs) the songs called let's put the anchors back in canker sores and then uh so i i missed out on those shows and it broke my heart um and then you know i saw them on the reunion tour and then i saw them on the next reunion tour wow so you've how many times that total like four or five i've seen them four four or five times all makeup yeah and i think that would help and yeah, luckily, my, my, my belief in Kiss, you know, luckily. Yeah, no, I think so, too. Luckily, they were all original lineups. I never saw um, Eric Singer or Tommy Thayer. Right. Um, they were all original lineups. And uh, yeah, I love Kiss. I do. I think they are such uh, such a just like cornerstone of rock and roll. And like they drove and a corny stone of a corny. They're such a corny stone of rock and roll. (laughs) They are such a, you know, that that band alone taught other bands what they should be doing with merchandising, what they should be doing with their with their pyro. Like no other band was putting on a fucking show until Kiss came around. Now, of course, like, you know, Zeppelin. You know, they put on a show no matter what. You, they don't even need lights. You can put a fucking dangling light bulb over Zeppelin and sure. they're good to go. Queen had the crown and all of their lights, but they didn't really even get the crown going and their light show long after Kiss. I do think it was very Kiss inspired. Yeah. And, um, you know, those first those first albums are, are something, but they're they're definitely something. They're something. And uh, yeah, I just I think they're such a tremendous band. I think that's um, why this will be and why the Hawk Rock Talks are such an interesting conversation, because we end up in the Hawk at basically the same place. Right. But came from different highways, basically. Yeah, and because I was, that was a big thing is like I realize now, uh, you know, I never even went to like a concert like mm-hmm. growing up. Like I went to La Plus in 93 and Woodstock 94. Those are the closest to like concerts. Like I only went to shows. Was 93 the body count year or was that 90? Was that's, that 91 that's, or 92? No, nine, that's the first year. That's that 91. Year. Oh man, yeah. I would have loved to have seen body uh, count. Yes. Uh, 
no uh uh but like you know like i i think that's part of it too is like kiss is like was so much the antithesis of what i was like into like mm-hmm. ethically and like lyric wise <laughs> like and you know and 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 big you, were show a knight, wise. you were a knight in satan's service exactly exactly yeah. <laughs> i saw kiss what year was it 2000 I think it may have been 2000. Yeah, it was 2000. I saw Kiss in 2000. The same week I took Emily, my little sister, who was, who was 10 years old at that time. Uh, my mom and I took her to see Britney Spears. Nice. Who had the most pyro? <laughs> Probably Britney, right? Britney fucking Spears. Yeah. She Gotta had match the up with most her butt every pyro. time. It was like, oh, my <laughs> God. She like she i mean she did the david lee roth like went across the crowd on uh on something not a not a surfboard or anything yeah. um but it was so it was just so it's cool shocking when pyro you can feel it and you're like this doesn't seem safe oh, like i remember you, like the big four concert yeah at the stadium like like when they did uh one metallica uh-huh. did one oh, and yeah. it just went up across and i was like it's hot like James, don't do it. James, James, yeah, James do you remember what happened? Learn. James, you, 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 you damn Montreal, it, James, Montreal, James. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, oh. Uh, <laughs> and my my first concert was Crosby, Stills, and Nash. My second concert was uh, Metallica Black Album Tour with the year and a half in the life of Metallica documentary opening. Nice. The whole fucking thing. Crazy. The whole documentary. That's a long time to have you stand there. Yeah. Every like everybody standing like in the pit, just like, yeah. Yeah. And every now and then Lars would like cut in and be like, You motherfuckers liking this documentary? And everyone's like, Fuck yeah. And then they come out just like dum 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 down, dum dum down, jum 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 jodo. I cannot wait for Metallica Rock Talk. That's gonna be that is good episodes be, that might have to be a couple too yeah i think so um but like yeah it's interesting going back in this listen and let's go ahead and start it off yeah. from the top kiss 1974 the first album um here's the weird thing about this and i kind of went back and forth it's weird how my opinion changed talking to jeff about this because like this first album has the classic kiss songs on it you've got strutter yeah you've got you got this one right here i gotta play the start of this now this song firehouse (laughs) this is such a amazing song to see live and it's about 20 times faster and they've got and the sirens going breathing. and with fire. And you're like, I am in the firehouse. You are right. And if and you listen to it on record, it's oh kind of God. just like a mid pace could be any rust belt kind of rock band. Like, it you is know, truly so slow. Like yeah. going back and listen. I do not remember like as a child listening to this record and just looking at the cover with all of these four guys in their makeup. Mm-hmm. And just being like, oh, my God, what? It's such an iconic cover. Take a look at the Kiss cover. And it's like, you know, it's almost a Queen 2. Yeah. You know, where they're all in the darkness. And then you see their makeup. And you're like, this band is going to be different from any band I've ever heard. And it's truly sprayed his hair. 
Yeah, apparently that's they were all angry weird. because Peter Chris paid someone to do his makeup and then never looked like that again. And they were like, "You asshole!" Start yeah. in their anger right away. You gotta do your own makeup. <laughs> um, Cold Gin, such a classic live. So slow. Yeah, I had to check the speed on my player just to make sure I wasn't listening to this at a lower speed. Yeah, it's uh, uh, Strutter. Now, Strutter, I will say, Strutter rocks. No, Strutter destroys. Strutter feels... Strutter should be what the rest of this record is. Yeah. Like, if the rest of this record sounded like this... Gotta gotta get get, we gotta get to the verse right here. I know a thing or two about her. And it's just like, goddamn. Everybody says she's looking good. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this record's gonna kick my ass. And then yeah. it's just like... The distortion goes down. It starts to sound like a lot of those. Like it, I, I, at first, I was like, "Okay, this is kind of cool." They're trying to go for like a sweet thing, right? They're trying to go for like a sweet sound, like the band Sweet. Um, and if you're unfamiliar with Sweet, of course, this, they did Ballroom Blitz, yes, um, ACDC. Uh, if you've never listened to the record Desolation Boulevard, I highly recommend it. Jeff, have you ever listened to Des- Desolation Boulevard? I don't think so. You need to listen to it yeah. today because it's going to blow your mind. And that's yeah, I was will. like, okay, they're going for this. That's what they're going for. But it drags. It drags so much. It's a huge letdown, especially with all of these just tremendous songs. Black Diamond, come on. So this is where I think, like, hold on. <laughs> I like Black Diamond. I like Put you under there. Oh, here it comes. Oh, yeah. But can I tell you who does Black Diamond better? Who? Have you ever heard this? Who is it? I like you having me guess on a song that you know has a long intro. This is the replacements off the album Let It Be. <laughs> There's no way I would have known that. Our replacements episode will be doing me doing a lot of work. Having to li- like, I but listen not- to this. Listen to the rock. Oh. It's a great cover from one of the greatest albums ever released, Let It Be by the Replacements. Uh, but yeah, I can't wait for that episode. I it's also funny how Every episode we talk about, like, oh man, I can't wait for us to get to that episode. Yes. Uh, you know it's coming, folks. You know Eventually. it's coming, but it's it's kind of shocking to me. Not uh, just- hearing, all right. So not hearing really, like, I, I especially the first three records, uh, and you know we'll go through each of them a little bit for each of them. But uh, I think especially the first three records, uh, hearing them all in a burst in in this way, mm-hmm. they all they all do feel like. They still are not not pulling from old songs, so they're and, pulling and, and from just, their old band. They're pulling just, from uh, you know uh, stuff they've Lester written already. Stuff yeah, Wicked written. Lester, etc. But just just to make this clear for the listener, we're talking about records that were pro- three albums. So Kiss, Hotter Than Hell, Dressed mm-hmm. to Kill, probably came out within a span of uh, just eighteen months. Yes, so, so that's how fast they all came out. out. They are banging them out. Yeah. Um, but I think like. Uh, 
the the combination of the recording and them still trying to figure their thing out if you're only going by the music right because even you describing firehouse like you said you're like and then this happens live and then this happens and it's like yeah but if i'm listening to a record and i don't even look at the cover and i know you can't completely take uh you know the aesthetic out of it right but a lot of the first three records to me are like yeah they're pretty good like rock songs like they're like not bad some of the best they have some of the best kiss songs on them too but like not enough for me to go and listen to it. That's the problem. And that's if it's not the live record to some extent. You didn't like, like Parasite? Anthrax covered Parasite on Attack of the Killer Bees. We'll get to Parasite. We're not there yet. We got All right. if I was going through, I'd be like Strutter, classic song, Stone Cold's uh-huh. classic. It works. It feels like what Kiss. Here's the other part too that we'll kind of keep getting into is like Kiss, it takes them a bit in my mind to get to what is the full on kiss of the makeup era musically. And then Mm -hmm. they get caught in trying to catch up with the world. They go in and out with each record when they, especially when they take the makeup. That's a huge point. They're trying, they're sometimes are ahead of the game. And sometimes like Christy, my wife was trying to understand kiss. And she's like, was Alice Cooper before? Was it after? Like, was it, was this before? Was it after? Were they influential or were they, taking from and i'm mm-hmm. like it really is like every other song sometimes like yeah. at certain records but like strutter i remember nothing to lose being okay but the fact that it's about convincing his girlfriend to try anal sex is so dumb <laughs> yeah um, yeah that's the thing I mean, is there'll be a lot of like man this is the dumb stuff of hair metal that kind of frustrated me firehouse is like a great song live it sounds ooh, like it is yeah, yeah. <laughs> cold gin same deal but again, on record, kind of feel like they could be slightly any band USA at this point. Um, uh, I got I got to stop you, Jeff, yeah. because I know you're getting to a song that I wanted to talk to you about Please. on the first record. And we got to pound through these because we yeah. got to we got to move. But this song disgusted me. It's just all about the play, different places they want to kiss you. So here's the crazy part. So kiss, it wasn't until I did this deep dive too. And I won't get too far on a sidetrack of this, but like, have you ever listened to Man of War? Yeah. Okay. So like. I have. I used to make so much fun of Man of War, mainly because should. they had that, they had that video, like a buddy of ours, Sterling, really loved Man of War, and he would bring a video over to our house, mm-hmm. and it was a video where they're like rocking, but they're also, and I'm sure you've seen this, it's like right. they're riding around on motorcycles with no shirts on. Yeah, I own. For most of it. it. It's, I have three, D, at a certain point, I had to tell my wife, you can stop buying me Man of War Hell on Earth DVDs, because they're all the is same. It, is that what that is? I think so, because I have three okay. volumes of it. I love Man of War war a lot yeah they are they're very similar to kiss yes because it was like are they are they sincere or are they not like right. are like you know especially the early era fake? had ross the boss who was a guitarist who was in the dictators uh-huh. who were like a kind of fake cock rock band from the lower east side dick manitoba who ran manitoba's last resort i think was his bar in the lower mm-hmm. east side mm-hmm. but so like 
you know, and then eventually it was just like, well, now they're just man of war. You got to deal with it. Like, right. and, and they have some of the better concerts I've ever seen. And at the same time, like, one of my favorite Man of War lyrics is the most disgusting lyric ever is, may your sword be wet like a young girl in her prime. Oh, Jesus. That Christ. is so kiss. Well, that, that is like that so kiss, hotter. It, that is so rock and yeah. roll over era. And I was like, oh, they took that and up the ante. Right. They took, you know, Man of War takes like. Smell the glove. Smell the glove. So it's Spinal Tap meets Kiss. Right. But they are also like when Kiss really hits, like when Manowar is awesome, because they also have like, of course, like one of their members like got arrested for child like pornography, Jesus like Christ. because they're monsters. All these rock they're stars all, yeah. are fucking monsters with their songs about fucking right. children. Christine sixteen, we'll get to it. But uh. Uh, they they take all the Kiss stuff, and I didn't realize like what you just played. They have that song. That song mm-hmm. is about all of the Manowar fans around the world because all of their songs are like Kiss songs. Like man, half the Manowar songs are about how the world's trying to stop them from playing metal <laughs> and they won't be stopped. And I love it, but I'm always like, no one's trying to stop you, Manowar. Isn't that and kind of what the hawk Kiss. is? Yes. Isn't that kind of what the hawk is? The world's trying to stop the hawk from doing classic rock. Yes, 100%. We are the Kiss and Man of War of, War of classic, classic rock, rock radio stations. Um, yeah, and here's another thing. Uh, Kiss fans are very similar to Man of War fans. They yeah. are fucking devoted, and they will annoy the shit out of you about yeah. it. Yeah. Man like of War fans fan. are insane. And our and Manowar even t- and like a fish fan exactly and even Manowar takes the ridiculousness of Kiss merchandising like yeah. my best friend has a Manowar shirt that has the website on the bottom of it and God I was like that is the worst design ever I don't even like thong panties and I bought my wife a pair of Manowar thong panties just because I thought it would be funny to come home and be like look what I got yeah <laughs> like, and I'm sure Christy was like oh. No, and right. I was like, you don't even have to wear them. I don't even like the way they look. Um, like they're just funny. Like, and then just- she, and then she was like, Jeff, I've, <laughs> call, I've called a lawyer. Yeah, and that was uh, this is me saying I'm getting a divorce because of Man of War thong panties. <laughs> uh, but I Let's listen move- to Man of War yeah. so much. Man of War is my kiss because well, they're also when we, heavier when we do a Man and to episode music from the Elder. We'll get to that later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's get through it. The next yeah. album that came out pretty quickly after that, Hotter Than Hell. Um, it's got some good songs on it. Got to choose. That's a banger right there. And it's slow as hell. I'm not even going to yeah. play any more of that. Parasite, one of my favorite Kiss songs. This is a little faster, but not as fast as they play it live, and yeah. definitely not as fast as Anthrax plays it. No. Which I always, I heard, I knew the Anthrax, no, I probably, uh, I probably knew them at the same time. I mean, I'll say I certainly knew Going Blind from the Melvins on Houdini first. Is this the Anthrax version? What was this on? Yeah, this is on Attack of the Killer Bees. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, that sounds like... This sounds like it should sound like. Yes. Uh, um, going yeah. Blind, I knew from the Melvins' Houdini. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I didn't even know what record it was. And possibly this is the first time I ever listened to Going Blind, uh, the original. Uh, just because I know it so well from the Melvins yeah. cover, because that's one of my hotter favorite than records. hell. Hotter than hell is such a fucking classic 
uh, Kiss song, the title track of this, Watching You Kills, Kills Live. And then the rest, like, you know, these are songs that are just aren't, you know, they're just filler, really, to me. That's the thing. There's a lot of filler on this one. There's a lot of filler. Um, And there's a lot of filler. It's also funny that this is like, there's a lot of the Wikipedia of like, Ace Freely wrote this song. He wasn't so convinced his vocals were good enough. He let them sing it. This right, kind of keeps right. going. And then when Ace does start singing, you're like, yeah. Oh, that you, makes sense. You knew what you were talking about. Yeah. I <laughs> always thought. Master of the in-between note, Ace Freely. He's always like, you're not exactly there. You're also not pitchy. You're not sh- you're like, you're in between yeah. pitchy and sharp and <laughs> flat. I always thought Dress to Kill, the, uh-huh. um, the next album in this batch, had one of the coolest album covers. Just Kiss and all of these, uh, you know, Streets of New York in suits. Right. I this one is like the most cover. lost, I think, in just like the early three. Like, uh, yeah, but it has one it has of their biggest hits on it. Night. Yeah, but the rock and roll all night that you hear on the radio usually tends to be the version from Alive. Yes, you may hear this on the radio sometime, but it just doesn't. It's the same thing we talked about in the uh, Cheap Trick. Yeah. Uh, episode where, like, now you will hear this on Classic. I take it back. You hear it, definitely. You hear it, but I, I, for a time there, I would hear the... But it's uh, wild to end the album with this song that, like, but I guess also, if you were going in order, like, this is the song that's like, oh, this is what you figured out you should be doing most of the time. Right. Is, like, big, dumb chorus. Yeah. Because even that, like, Christy was like, like, my wife was like, are they good musicians? And I was like, Yeah. Sometimes, but also sometimes so. you'll think they're good musicians. Then you'll realize it's like one of the Picaros from Toto playing bass instead of Gene, or like they've mm-hmm. got someone else playing a part. Or but that seems to be like that's later record. It's kiss. definitely later, that's not but so like, much early. But like, and I would say Peter Chris gets the job done. Yeah, I think he's a solid all, drummer. There's a lot of like, I think that's the thing. They're not jobbers per se, but they all get the job done. And when they get above that's when they really nail it i think like i think that ace is probably the best musician i think so ace is a guitarist is a ace freely you ask any guitarist uh you know who grew up listening to kiss and they're gonna say that ace freely is one of their best like that they learn to solo listening and playing along with ace freely i think ace is great i think here's a bold statement i've never thought of but i'll make it why not uh oh um I know when you said like a song like Firehouse, you're like, but then you see Alive and they do this and this and this. It's like, yeah, yeah, because they realized that it was kind of like a fine song. It's not it's bad. A, right. It's not good. But it becomes a cl- a classic Kiss song, though. But if you've never seen them live like me and you're only that. listening to the records, then and you're I just like, you, why yeah. do I ever need to have this record? I need the best of or the live record. You know what I mean? Like here, okay. When we moved now to Alive, nineteen seventy-five. This, if you you don't even listen to the first three records. If you want to hear, if you want to listen to Kiss, start here, people. Start with Alive. Listen to Alive too. Here's Firehouse. This is the greatest man in the right world. This is Kiss. Listen to Firehouse. Listen to that crowd. I, I asked it. Which other live record did I ask it about? Did like how much did they sweeten that? that going crazy you think oh i think they sweetened all of this yes i'm pretty positive it was oh, all it was sweetened. cheap trick we were like how much did they sweeten for live at budokan maybe 
I don't but yeah, I, I think I th- for this yeah. this one sounds like they picked one crowd sound sometimes and yeah. just looped it for the it's whole It's the same thing. guy like I got to go home early. Yeah. And you hear him like no I got to go home early like you know he said at the beginning of the show. Yeah. It's like that one guy at the beginning of every uh fucking MTV unplugged when they start playing the song and he's like yeah. <laughs> Oh, it's gotta be that fucker. Clapton's all. Yeah, a live fucking rules, and I think that you know they were those. They were one of those bands, just like the Who, where you know you had to see them live, and that the live experience never really translated for a but record. At this now, point, you would agree, right? If I would you're 100% if you're up to this point, I don't agree it's for like, the yes. Who. No, no, no. I don't that's agree for I the agree. Who. That's what I think. Yeah. But I do 1,000% agree for KISS. Because they haven't really figured it out in those first three. Like, yes, of course they figured it out as KISS, but, like, they're still, uh, uh, you know, songwriting-wise, they're kind of pulling together from older bands. Yeah. So I do think there are songs, like, if you get rid of all of the artifice stuff, you'll be like, oh, is this weirdly, like, a free song? Or, like, a ZZ Top song? Or just... When I would go on deep dives to find like proto metal bands, and then all of a sudden right. I'd be like, "This band's just fine. I should not have spent forty dollars to find this Mount Rushmore LP." You know? <laughs> Which is yeah, I, did. I, I, I think Alive is the way to go, and um, that's where Kiss like, I mean, Kiss was already just like a rising star, right? Because of the gimmick. Yeah. And everybody's like, you got to see these four assholes dressed up like all these different, like the gimmick helped so much. Yeah. I think the gimmick almost took over in a way where the band really wasn't what they were yet yeah. until, until Alive. Yeah. Because you look at the album cover for Alive like that, like who doesn't want to see that live? But also think about- Who doesn't want to see that show? But to, I mean, it also looks- very staged which is funny because you're like but i know you had good shows mm-hmm. why take like there's this hardcore band chain of strength and one of the big things that people complain about them is like on their seven inches they they basically did a photo shoot show so like oh, okay. there's all these iconic images of like this is what you look like when you're playing a hardcore show and it's right. like no they just like they went just out of their that. way to get those poses and right. that's how the kiss feels a little bit but here's the great is like going into destroyer Feels let's like go, such a big shift, you know? Let's do it. Let's go into Destroyer. Oh, now this seeing this live, man, because this is the part of the show where like Gene's got the blood yeah. in his mouth and he's this just like... This is God of Thunder? Yeah, this is God of Thunder. Seeing this live, I had chills. Here's what I want to... I mean, one, ahead, the artwork's ahead. great on Destroyer. Now we're starting to get oh, yeah. into like power metal. I mean, that's the beauty is like there are the sections that I love that are influential Influential on, you know, I said like hair metal was never my fave, but power metal and like uh-huh. kind of big bombastic metal is a big fave of mine. So then I'll be like, oh, yeah, you're doing Frank Frazetta style, but kisses that like this is great. Here's my album, question you, about okay, this. That I just had a question because you're the one who has actually heard it, and I could only find the remastered version. Does Detroit uh-huh. Rock City on the original like record have so much shit going on in the background? <laughs> in what way? What do you mean? Like it took like 
a minute and a half to get to the song, like two minutes. Okay, and see. then it go. felt like there was all this background shit all behind this stuff the song. Right here? So there's all this. This is how it enters. And there's yeah. a little bit that I'm like, it's a bad way to start it. Like, I think. Like, the song's so good. Yeah, no, that that's how it starts, man. That's how but it starts. Unless you're listening itself a little. Unless you're listening to um the version on Double Platinum, yeah. which just starts with right into it. And this when you see a KISS concert and they open with this and they're coming yeah, down from the top the and their greatest. risers and I swear the version I was listening to even had like extra bullshit happening in the background during all of this. <laughs> and I was like, just let the song exist. You're driving me nuts. But here's the thing, and we haven't pointed this out. This album is the first time Kiss sounds fucking amazing on yes. record. And the reason for that is that Bob Ezrin is the producer on this album. Of yes. course, Bob Ezrin, uh, a big producer for uh, Alice Cooper. Yeah. He produced The Wall. He produced, you know, God, Aerosmith, Deep Purple, Peter Gabriel, um, Lou Reed. And Jesus, like, I was so shocked that he shows up later. <laughs> yeah. So, like, you know, fish. Those fish. Yeah. Oh, the God. darkness. Oh, wow. Um, oh, wow. You, but Bob Ezrin is just like the, the one of the fucking. We wouldn't have rock and roll sounding like rock and roll today if not for Ezrin. I mean, just look at the fucking amazing, amazing Alice Cooper records he did. Yeah. Love it to death. Killer. School's Out. The ones I love. Billion Dollar Babies. Yeah. Welcome to My Nightmare. Alice Cooper Goes to Hell. Lace and Whiskey. Like, literally all these records. He goes, he does most of the Cooper records up until Dada in 83. And then he comes back and starts working with him again in the 2000s. He produced, um, you know, Peter Gabriel 1. Yeah. He's a producer and mixer of that. He I mean, did, this uh, record's great. It sounds, it sounds great. Yeah. And also, you got Detroit Rec City, Into King of the Nighttime World, which is a great song. Oh, God. And, and seeing that live? Come uh, on. Kim Forget Fowley about it. being in the mix is wild. Yeah. Uh, that Kim Fowley, that crazy person, shows up. Craziest. He shows up in a person. lot of that Nothing But a Good Time, too. And everyone's just like, he was weird, but he had good ideas, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And this was the first single off of it, Shout It Out Loud. Yeah. Also classic to see live. God of Thunder is a great song. God of Thunder's great. Great expectations. I you calling. I briefly was like, is Great Expectations going to be a fave at the first? And I was like, this is so stupid. But it wasn't. That it's like, yeah. you have great expectations that you see me play my guitar. I'll be able yeah. to play your vagina like that. Is basically what the song is. So yeah. gross. Yeah. Do You Love Me? Classic. Yeah. Of course, Nirvana covered this. And uh, their cover of this rules. Like, you really like. You really like. <laughs> There's some, there's some, there's some Stanley pronunciation. Limousine. That is one of the best. Like we're a big fucking rock band live that I've ever heard. Like you really like my limousine. You I mean, like that's, the way the wheels roll. It's almost like he's doing Dylan. He is doing. Hey, you like hey, my limousine? You really like my limousine? I mean, I think that's, that's part of why people love them and is the part. That's why Kiss is confusing because you can make yeah. fun of. This is why they're man of war, too. You can make fun of the part that's also why you love them. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that they're singing about 
being rock stars in their dumb limousines. And at the same time, also like flaming youth, you're like, wait, how old are you guys? Like you're doing the move where you're like, here's your teenage rebellion anthem. But we're like in our 20s. Yeah. Like, you know, but they know it. They know because they are the kings of marketing. All these songs. Yes. I here's the thing. I really marketing. That's I've said just it. as big of a word as kiss. Yeah, because I, I hate when my dad is right. But I remember once he was just like, I was really into White Zombie. Mm-hmm. I really loved Le Sexorcisto. And he was mm-hmm. like, I tell you, that band really understands their marketing. Like, And I was just yeah. like, kind of like, yeah, they do. Because they don't make sense as a band, no. really. But they, Manson. Say yeah. it, Marilyn Manson, same thing. And it marketing. really is. And, and that was also a big thing, I think, with Kiss is like, being a punk rock kid i was like fuck all of this and now i find it charming but it's ridiculous at the same time hey uh how many times do you think this was played at a 1977 school dance seriously so you see this live i made a joke about him sitting on a bucket that's what happens they get a bucket out and then peter chris walks up and they play the tape of this. Nobody's playing along with him. He's basically singing karaoke live. Crazy. Come right now. This is the song and that everyone they play. Throws flowers. This is the last song they play at the dance in 77 when you realize oh, you're, yeah. you're going to have another dance where you didn't dance with anyone. Yeah. Uh, for us, yeah. it was Stairway to Heaven. Um, oh, at for our us, dances. it was uh, End of the Road by Boys to Men. That may, I mean, Stairway to Heaven was weird. Or because Wonderful you, like, Tonight. You would, you would have like... Stairway to Heaven was always, oh, I'm sad. It's another junior high dance. I didn't dance with anyone. And then when it kicks in, all the Heshers would come out. Yeah. <laughs> like, and yeah. like, who would become my like best friend's <laughs> friends. And they start moshing and they get in trouble. <laughs> it was yeah. a whole thing. Every fucking dance. Oh, my God. But Beth was such a huge hit for them. It hit number seven on the Billboard Top 100. Um, I mean, how uh, pissy must have Paul Stanley and fucking gene simmons <laughs> been when that happened i mean they, you know? they made money off of it right they yeah had but to have. i mean maybe but wouldn't he have gotten the song unless they had some crazy richard wright deal with him yeah but like it was written by peter chris stan penridge and bob ezrin yeah so they might not have gotten songwriter credits on that this might have been like a fucking uh i'm in love with my car bohemian rhapsody sitch also you know? this was a song that was composed by chris and penridge during their time with the band chelsea so this was a song that they brought weird to that that peter chris brought to the album that I, that bob Ezrin was like yeah let's put strings on it now i yeah, wrote i'm it. going to sing about best then <laughs> Or just be over here singing about Beth. Hey, right then, I'm from Queens. Right, right. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's Destroyer. It's a legendary record. Um, and then we move to I Rock and Roll way, Over. Just, I think oh, this can be the credential. I would put Destroyer on the I'll buy a copy of Destroyer if I find it cheap list. Okay. That's actually pretty, that's pretty high praise. Yeah. Pretty, Very. Pretty, pretty high praise. For for Jeff the Angry Man Garlock. Oh, that's that's high praise, baby. Yeah, and then they shift, and they do a record called Rock and Roll Over. And instead of Bob Ezrin, they bring in another legendary producer who's produced Jimi Hendrix, Mott the Hoople, Led Zeppelin, the Kinks. I'm talking about Eddie Kramer. Eddie Kramer. One of the legendary 
I mean, he did the stones like he's touched so, uh, so much. And um, this album, uh, it, it sounds great. Like, I want you. In the morning, I raise my head. I love this song. I like this Looking song. Up to he's gone by. So good. Calling Dr. Love. Totally. So dumb. good live. <laughs> so good live. You get that cowbell going, you're like, uh-oh, sounds like somebody's trying to call Dr. Love. <laughs> My first doctor was uh, Dr. Love. And then you've got songs like Ladies Room. Yeah. Which is... Pure Simmons. <laughs> Pure... Just creepy. Yeah. There's this... Okay, here is a lyric from it. You're such a jewel in the rough. You want to show me your stuff. For my money, you can't be too soon. Meet, meet you in the ladies' room. Chris. It's like I'm doing that at a Robert Chris Poetry. said that it felt like they were a caricature of themselves in this record. And it is. I agree like, with that. I, the, the lyrics are this is the one maybe out of all of them I had the biggest problem with. Oh, like, I know which one you're talking about. I'm going to start playing it. Is this Mr. Speed? Am I right? <laughs> yep. Again. I, here, I'll, get, I'll get to the middle here. Look. That's why the ladies call me Mr. Speed. So being fast with fucking is not something to brag about. <laughs> like, I'm just saying, like, it feels like Paul Stanley's, like, letting us know he's never had sex. That's like, you, I'm going to take you to bed and 15 seconds later, you're I'm done. Do you didn't come. Reading. I did, Mr. Speed. <laughs> Here's a dramatic reading. Here we go. <clears throat> you tried pleasing, but getting on your knees don't make it. You tried teasing, but baby, you can't even fake it. No, made it clear, but baby, you can't even see me, so stop those tears. Because baby, you can't even deceive. <laughs> yeah, you know, I got the kind of loving you need. The kind of loving you need, I'm so fast. That's why the ladies call me Mr. Speed. It's beautiful. Beautiful lyrics, poetry. They should have uh, called this song Yuck. Yes, just gross. I mean, here's <laughs> the thing, and this will be, this is the interesting part of Kiss. This will show up to me in the second episode as well, that mm -hmm. their lack of, their combination of lack of self-awareness and over-self-awareness it is the same as, not to connect to another podcast, but like, the beauty of like canon films like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, God. Here we go. But to oh. me, it's really more of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Like it's like Schwarzenegger and Sly Stallone and JCVD from like back in the day. You can't replicate. You can't replicate the hubris <laughs> and with the lack of self-awareness of like, what the Two fuck are we hours doing? Later. Yeah, I know. <laughs> no, but I get it. Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, there's a, there's a certain, like you're, everyone is too self-aware. So if you did kiss songs now, mm -hmm. you're aware that it's ridiculous. That's why man of war, like you're just like, all right, it's fun that at least you're not sure. Because it's the same as when you get to the Stan Bush style Paul Stanley songs that I love mm -hmm. later on. Uh, yeah. You yeah. have to have a total uh, fuck it attitude in Gene Simmons territory, I think, and maybe not aware that how goofy it is in Paul Stanley world. Lit literally, Mr. Speed is, 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 uh, is almost like Paul was like, I'm going to let my penis write a song. Yes. 
Yes. And then it's like, well, okay, Paul. Uh, Paul, if you don't know, I, Paul's okay. penis <laughs> is British. She's yes, like, of oh, course. Right, okay. And he gets his little pad out. He's like, eh, this one's going to be called Mr. Speed, and it's all about the speed. Uh, that's <laughs> what I know. I, they say right what you know. Um, and but, then all of hair metal was like, yeah, all, we'll all write our song. Let our this penis song, our song right here is all of hair metal. Kind of. Kind of. And then you get a song that's just classic but sounds nothing like Kiss. Oh, so I love this song. And I certainly felt proud of myself as a music listener that within three seconds of that song, that that guitar part being played, I was like, this sounds like a Rod Stewart song. Yeah, it does. Because he wrote it for Rod Stewart. (laughs) There you go. I did not know that. He was supposed here's, here's to be for a, Rod a little of the chorus here. No, that is so Stuart. So it would be like Paul Stanley I wrote it to- as a possible track for Rod Stewart, and after the success of Beth, they were like, "Fuck it, we gotta fucking do this again." Rags, the sailor's only daughter. Like, what is that? The child of the water. And that's where and Dio cool. was like, oh, nonsensical lyrics? I could do that, too. Sounds great. <laughs> um, another cool thing about this song is when the, I think this came out in 92 or 90. I'm going to actually I take the back. I think this came out in 94 because there was kind of a kiss renaissance in the early 90s mm-hmm. uh, because of revenge. And we're going to get to that. But um, and with they, like grunge related bands, grunge and everybody them, like being like, yes. no, no, because of that, like, are we ironically oh, liking it or are yeah. we not? But it doesn't matter. Like Nirvana would talk about Kiss in so many interviews and everyone was like, OK, Kiss is uh, Melvin's did is solo band we care records. About again. Yeah. Just like Kiss did with Just the like Kiss replicas did. of the album and would put out a picture. They have a sticker that looks like the album cover for rock and roll yeah. all over, whatever the fuck it is. But they did a tribute album. I think it was in 94. Um, and uh, it was called Kiss My Ass. <laughs> and Garth that. Brooks covered Hard Luck Woman. And I remember them playing it on uh, The Tonight Show. Wow. And uh, Kiss played with Garth Brooks. And I was like, man, this is a great song. I don't even like Garth Brooks, but <laughs> oh, yeah. like, he's he's crushing it. And Kiss he, thought, he a was a big 10. thing about Kiss coming back, too, because he would always reference them as being his main uh, influence. Big Especially courses. like with like live shows yeah. and like, you know, you know, Garth Brooks puts on a show. You may not like his music, but he puts on a uh, fucking show. He puts on a fucking show and he got that from Kiss. Kiss My Ass is like one of the top 10 uh, getting the CD from BMG records. Oh, God. Yes. <laughs> yeah, they pushed 100%. that fucking hard. <laughs> oh, my God. It was like they had the whole company writing. All of BMG was writing on the Kiss My Ass <laughs> uh, tribute album. And then, of course, 1977, you get love gone another eddie kramer uh uh song uh album um someone's uh, the songs that pop out for me here love gun of course is just you know it's so good like if those first records if they had eddie kramer on those first albums yeah they would have been even bigger i'll tell you what sold me on this song and it's it feels slightly embarrassing, but maybe it shouldn't be. But the movie Role Models, I don't know if you remember. There's oh, a big yeah. a big chunk of it is that there they're is. like huge Kiss fans, and when he's explaining to his like his kid 
mm-hmm. what's his name from American Pie. He's just like, this is a song about a guy and his dick is his gun. <laughs> and the kid's like, that's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. And like, and then I was like, yeah, because this music's written for children in mm-hmm. the best way possible, just like a lot of music I listen to. And that song is awesome. <laughs> like, it's a great song. The first single off this record was Christine 16. Bummer. Bummer. Because Here's it's also fact. bummer because it's a pretty good song. <laughs> Did you know that uh, Eddie Van Halen and Alex Van Halen played on the demo for this song? Yeah, totally weird, huh? Totally weird. This because this is around the time where Gene Simmons is like dipping his toe into like, I'll produce yes. you. <laughs> he, was, he was dipping his toe, but his big thing with Eddie Van Halen was like, I'm keeping my eye on this kid yeah. because Ace is starting to be uh, you <laughs> a, know. a little bit of a handful. He's a little he's being he he's starting to be a what's the word I'm looking for? Liability. Liability, yeah. Um on the band and uh, both Peter and and Ace were starting to um you know, uh yeah. party a little party a little too much. They're partying all night and partying every day. Right, party. They weren't they weren't bothering <laughs> with the rock and roll anymore. Yeah, and uh so they're becoming so, you know, Gene Simmons, you know, helped Van Halen and gave yeah. them money to do their demos for that first record. Yeah. And uh, just as a way to kind of keep, you know, he was very instrumental in that album even being made um, to keep an eye on, like, if we have to replace Ace, we're probably, I would like to have this kid. Yeah. And hearing Eddie Van Halen with Kiss, like, would never have worked. No, no. Not in a million years. God, it no. just doesn't sound, and there would have been so many clashes. And uh, then we wouldn't have one of the greatest bands that we all know and love, Van Halen. Um, this says Ken but, Kelly did the art. Uh, yeah. Ken Kelly did like Conan the Barbarian. I know I said Frank Frazetta as well, but like yeah. it's like Ken Kelly did, also did Man of War. Destroyer. Uh, oh, and it, yeah. Okay. He did, I believe, maybe the cover for Fight in the World. Did he ever which, do Molly Hatchet? It feels like he has to have done Molly Hatchet, right? I, that was straight up Frazetta for those, I think. So um, he did. Okay. So he this did. This is also the one where Gene claims he invented the rock horns because he's drawn that way oh as the sycophantic uh kiss fans all hot chicks are underneath them (laughs) man you know dio was doing that with rainbow yes years before this he's such a pain in the ass but he did uh ken kelly did kiss man of war rainbow and ace freely man he did a lot of man of war records there's a lot of man of war records that look like these records that's why i love man of war this year he died this year so r.i.p ken kelly amazing art uh just plaster caster uh shout out to your wife shout out to uh you know what was she felicity felicity Caster? caster Yes. Um, that's a great that's a great episode of 108.9 The Hawk. And my wife played a plaster caster. This is about the, the plaster caster. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's a good record. The thing I like about these albums, the Destroyer on is like, you know, Eddie Kramer, like really brings it yeah. really. You know, he bring he he knows how to bring out that live sound. And they did a great thing by getting with uh, with Eddie Kramer. I would so. like to see this cardboard love gun that was uh, assembly required inside the album. I don't know if I've ever actually seen it, but I have seen it. I had a friend that how had much of it. a penis is it? Uh, it's huge. Okay, good. Yeah, big old <laughs> dong of a gun. <laughs> love gun. 
Uh, then, of course, 1977, later on after Love Gone, they release on October 14th, 77, Alive 2. Because if you do it once and it does so well, you might as well do it again. And then Gene Simmons claimed he invented the sequel, uh, probably, here. And he wanted yeah, copyrighted as the concept yeah. of a sequel. Yeah. <laughs> When did he meet Shannon Tweed? Do we know? <laughs> I don't know. Man. I don't know. What a, what a um, couple. Yeah. I love Shannon Tweed. Yeah. God. Yeah. Let me just say, Shannon Tweed got me through the early 90s, <laughs> if you know what I mean. Phantom if, tingles yeah, all around you know with Shannon I mean. Tweed. <laughs> Dad's asleep. Time to start recording some <laughs> Cinemax yep. on a videotape that I named... 1992 MTV Video <laughs> Music Awards, so no one would ever watch yeah. it. Yeah, I need to find. There's a documentary, I believe, coming out just focusing on those movies, like yeah. Skinamax oh. movies, oh, like in just like the art and who did them. And oh like, my god, yeah, Emmanuel. Yeah, yeah, like all of those movies. Inner like, Sanctum, <laughs> anything yeah. with Mimi Rogers, <laughs> Lady Chatterley's Lover. Oh god, yeah, that uh, one through eighty three. Yeah. I mean, Bolero um, gets in there, and then you're like, oh, boy, no, thank you. And then you get, like, the weird, like, late 90s, early tooth, late 90s Emmanuel, where they have, like, new people playing it. Yeah. And they bring Sil- Sylvia Crystal back oh, to yeah. do. Yeah. All right. I mean, it all lines up. It's all kiss. It yep. all makes sense. It really does. Uh, Alive 2, great. I don't like it as much as Alive 1. Um, I mean, it's just, I mean, honestly, like, it's like the live records, if you like Kiss, are kind of crucial. And also, I don't know, it's just like, you want to hear what the live version would be? Yeah. Do it. Exactly. That's it. It's at Budokan. They were like, yeah, let's do that. No, they wanted to do it at Budokan. Um, Double Platinum? Oh, Greatest Hits. I didn't. Double Platinum is my favorite. It's the first Greatest Hits album uh, from Kiss, released the year I was born, also the year. 78? Uh, 78. Oh, man. 70, 70s were great. I was yeah, doing man. so much coke. Oh, with, man. Uh, I, I came was out at, of the I womb fucking with a key bump. All the time. Um, but they the nice, the really cool thing, let me see if I can bring this up because I do want to point this out. The cool thing about um, Double Platinum, and it's the thing that always makes me go like, oh, uh, God, do they not even let people listen to Double Platinum anymore? I don't think they do. Oh, That's a real goodness. bummer. That is a real bummer because it is. There we go. No, this is a this is a play. Okay, yeah, here we go. So Strutter, they re-recorded Strutter to put it on this. Okay, and here's here's what it sounded like. So it's still in line with like you know, yeah, what the sound was then with Eddie Kramer and everything. But uh, no, it's great. It's great. I, I love, I mean, it's if you want to get into Kiss, like this is the record right here. This is what you need. This is all you need. You've got all the hits. you got Do You Love Me. I love that they put Do You Love Me on a greatest hits because it really wasn't a hit. Right. There's a lot of stuff on here that was, they were not hits. That's the hubris. The hubris. Yeah. I mean, you got to fill in if you're doing a double lie, a double best of or whatever. Is it a double? And it's. It's uh yeah, double yeah. Pot, yeah, it was a double and it had um let's see here. It's a Look, lot of remixes. It makes remixing. more sense than the Alien Ant Farm greatest hits CD. Okay? It makes so much more sense. Can't even fathom that that exists. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the one song that's a cover of a Michael Jackson song right, that they had to right. single with? Yeah. Okay. Oh, Everything man, else we're, we're doing... clamoring for from oh, Alien Ant Farm. 
And then the next year, oh, well, actually, sorry, in the same year, they do their solo albums. I can't speak to those. I forgot to listen. I've never listened. Are they worth listening at all? <sighs> Not really. Yeah. Not really. The, the, the best one, in my opinion, is The Ace. I would guess that. And that's mainly because um, uh, New York Groove is so good on it. Oh, yeah. You know, that's just like... New York Groove's the best. <laughs> they would be even better if it had the Ace Freely laughing at the top of it. Yeah. Um, I think that the idea of the solo albums was just like, first off, let's make more money. Yeah. It's um, the same as when uh, I went to see Don Caballero play, and they they their openers was just each of the members of Don Caballero would do individual like sets. Yeah. And all of the sets were like, Damon Che, the drummer, dicks around on guitar for 15 minutes. Like Ian, the real guitarist, like sits there and he makes a loop that involves him kissing a girl in each show. Yeah. And then the bass player played stuff on his laptop and smoked cigarettes. And like literally it was just like, oh, okay, yeah, this is just like fucking with us. I can't believe I'm standing here watching this. Um, um cause they get all the money. They get all the money. They get all the money. That's the name of another Kiss record. They get all the money. <laughs> they get all the money. It's another greatest hits that they just released. Um, and then the next year, you're going to get, they get all the money. Number two with the same songs. Uh, 1979 Kiss releases Dynasty. And this is their seventh studio album. It is the first time that the four original members did not perform together for the entire album. Now, Peter Chris was in a car accident the year before. So that was kind of hindering um his his playing and participation. you know participation and this is the last album that um that chris would play on yeah until uh psycho circus <laughs> yeah. which is really interesting too and anton vig from the uh world's most dangerous band paul schaefer's uh cbs oh, right, orchestra right yeah anton vig played most of the drums on this record crazy and then he wasn't hired. Uh, he was hired for the the next record too. So Fi- so Fig plays on Unmasked. Uh huh. And then they hired um, Eric Carr to be the permanent replacement uh, for the Unmasked tour. So I need and, to give this record another listen after we do this because, like, I was uh, excited to finally listen to Dynasty, maybe all the way through with like you know focusing on it because you like Disco Kiss. Yeah, I love I Was Made for Loving You. Yeah. But when I listen to it, and it's possible because it got a little bit more in the background, there was a bit that I was like, no, that's the best song. Like, it's like Disco Kiss doesn't get any better than I Was Made for Loving You. The song is so good. Every it's part so of it good. is great. It has my favorite style of Paul Stanley. Yeah. Just like way too sexy and then like way too falsetto all at the same now, time. This- I will say this, the way too sexy Paul Stanley you have here and I was made for loving you is a preview of the way too, way too sexy Paul Stanley you'll get in the 80s. Yeah. Like when they when this was a hit, this is this is a sign of things to fucking come. Yeah, we might get uh, we might if we do the videos, we have there's a couple like of the official videos where you can see 
Paul Stanley reminding himself he's supposed to be sexy and like licking <laughs> and kissing. Like yeah. it's like he's like his like hamster died for a second and then it starts doing right. the sexy wheel in his head. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's like the Folgers commercial. <laughs> yeah. Um yeah, so this is really the best song on the uh on the album. I think I, I, I could be I proven wrong by another else. record, but like, they do a cover of Two Thousand Man. If your second which is good. if your second song is a cover that's a bad it's sign a little for the suspect, record. Yeah. Yes. You want to save that for at least the other side. I could be wrong. Maybe I liked X-ray eyes a little bit. Uh, there's mm-hmm. like enough stuff, but I was made for loving you as the standout. That song is amazing. Yep. And this is the first time uh, Paul starts writing with Desmond Child. Yeah. And they would write some songs uh, together. Desmond Child. My God. Desmond Child has written so many fucking songs. Yeah, it's crazy. Let's 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 run off some of Desmond Child's hits here. Uh, I got writer. I I was made for loving you. Yeah. Hate myself for loving you. Love and love. You give love a bad name and (laughs) living on a prayer and And bad bad medicine and born born to be my baby. baby, The one we always go to for Bon Jovi. And then, of course, Aerosmith brings Desmond Child in to help them, like, get back. You know, you know, Run DMC brings some life back into Aerosmith. Man, the Aerosmith episode is going to be so good. Uh, but they, you know, dude looks like a lady angel. What it takes. Crazy. Aerosmith was like, we're not problematic enough. Can we get Desmond in here to help with dude looks right. like a lady? <laughs> right. Uh, he also wrote Alice Cooper, co-wrote Alice Cooper's Poison. Great song. Such a great song. Yeah. Such a great song. Another How can we be lovers with Michael Bolton? How can we be great lovers song. when we can't be and he show, Bolton will show up in our later, our second half episode, I believe. I think he will. Which is I crazy. I had a couple mind being blown with the Kiss discography, and that was one of them. But. Yep. Oh, and Living uh, La Vida Loca. That guy's got to be fucking has six guy, mansions just on that song this alone. This guy's got fucking six mansions on that song alone. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Dynasty is kind of, I mean, it's it's literally just just get a greatest hits album that has I Was Made For Loving You on it because yeah. that's all you need. Get a 12 uh, inch, get a disco 12 inch single of it. Do it right. Disco 12 inch single. That's my preferred listen for singles is disco is 12 inch singles. And, and, and then the next. Gotta be. Gotta be. The next record came out in 1980, also produced by Vinnie Poncia. Um, man, this record blows. I was going to say, I was glad is, you said that because I was like, how do I not really remember any of it and think it's unremarkable all at the same time? This was the first single. Uh, I like Shandy? Shandy. I think kind of. This doesn't even sound like Kiss. Well, and this is the Kiss conundrum again, Jason, where like they some of my favorite kiss songs are the ones that sound that nothing don't sound like, like kiss. kiss yep okay because and they're the, chameleons because and especially paul stanley's sometimes a chameleon i'm a chameleon oh hey there detroit i am a chameleon <laughs> you like iguanas <laughs> get go <laughs> see a salamander <laughs> but me I'm a chameleon. This song's called Shandy. <laughs> Shandy. Uh, and then Talk to Me was the second single. That sounds like, just from the opening riff, it sounds like they're trying to rip off Cheap Trick. Yeah. Uh, you but know why I like Shandy? Uh, this, I think Robert Frick might have said that it suggests the Doobie Brothers with Kabuki makeup. <laughs> and that is kind of what it sounds like. <laughs> 
am into it for not a kiss song. I don't think I've ever seen the video for Shandy, and I have to go watch this I'm now. I'm going to have to watch it as well. But this sounds nothing. Oh, my God. And yeah. the, here's the other fuck you from the Kiss Unmasked <laughs> album. If you look at the cover, it is a comic of you're finally going to see what Kiss looks like. It's called Unmasked. <laughs> yeah. I you was like, fucking... oh, I can stop our first episode at Unmasked. And I was like, wait a second. The Elder is after. You fucking think that you're finally going to see him. You don't. You don't. You don't. You don't. There's another thing about Vinnie Poncia that I, I never knew, but he was uh, Ringo Starr's post-Beatles songwriting partner. Oh. Did good not know you, that. Good for you, Vinnie. Good for you. This and is also he, you why know. Kiss is so hard to explain. And, and yeah. you've got a general idea of Kiss, but like, again, when I was trying to vaguely explain them to my wife, because yeah. I was like, yeah. They'll put out like a a disco record into an unbelievably unremarkable record. And then we'll be like, you know what we needed to do? Here's the thing, guys. We we need we just figured it out. Mm-hmm. What we need to do is to do a progressive rock, harder rock metal concept record about a movie that doesn't exist. And we'll try to maybe make it. And we'll promote it mostly by going on Fridays. <laughs> oh, my the God. TV show we're going to get was, to that. Yes. We're going to get into that. I just want to say in 93, Gene Simmons said that Unmask is a shitty album and that I'd be ashamed to play it for my mother or anybody else. Well, for the first time, ultimate, I agree with you, Gene Simmons. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Gene. Uh, and Ultimate Classic Rock, one of the weirdest websites uh, <laughs> that I have so many issues with, but I also love dearly. Uh, they said just that like it his. is an underrated gem of power pop and they can take that and shove it right up their ass because it isn't if you want an underrated gem of power pop go listen to a fucking dwight twilly record i you mean will learn then what a way to get the goat of jason gore is to misuse you, power you, pop you <laughs> fucked up yeah you don't fucked up what am i supposed to start talking about yellow pills now <laughs> okay 1981 music from the elder this my, my favorite kiss record this is your favorite kiss album. everything about it every single second of it <laughs> my god i love it so much starts with a fanfare Ugh. immediately it's just like great this is like a german symphonic power metal record this is blind guardian meets halloween i'm not even gonna get through this the single for this was a world without heroes let's hear a little bit Also produced by Bob Ezrin again. So Bob's back in the fold here. Uh, Let's give the most interesting credit. Lou Reed, one of the co-writers, came up with the line that's like, a world without heroes is like a world without sun or some bullshit. Yeah. (laughs) Which sounds like he just shit that out. (laughs) Yeah. Of course, Ezrin produced Reed's uh, Berlin. He produced Berlin, correct? I think that's... uh, I think so, yeah. Yes. Um, So, yeah, Lou Reed is a co-writer on this album. He also co-wrote Dark Light. Which has a good example of Ace Frehley's specific style of singing. Right. It's like a little nasally. It's like a little bit pitchy. It's a little bit like he can't get there. He doesn't like to commit to notes sometimes. A dark light now singing. The malevolent order. Oh, a little talking. That, malev- that, that talking was 100% Lou Reed. 
Yeah. A dark light. Dark light. <laughs> Gotta check out the dark light. <laughs> um, See, this is a all... whole dumb bullshit story, too. This story makes no sense, just like any good concept record. I yeah. love it. <laughs> yeah, man. It is such a weird, weird, weird record. Like, this is like, to, to have done Unmasked and Dynasty before this, like, in this weird, like, disco thing like and by you know 1981 disco's out sure so they have to shift um but for being a band that understands marketing sometimes you're like what were you thinking every now and then yes. like and and it worked in my favor because like i love it but like under the rose is one of my favorite songs like that song is so good under the rose and i are pretty unbelievable songs This is uh, Under the Rose. And I will say, the first time I listened to this was uh, I once interviewed this guy, Paul Delaney, who was, who's in this black metal band, Black Anvil. And he's like, you got to listen to The Elder. He's like, we do a cover of Under the Rose. And then I listened to it. I was like, <laughs> oh, my God, this song is so amazing. The bombastic chorus yeah. in it is everything I love. Yeah, this is uh, here. Let me get to the chorus on that so people can hear what you're talking about. Uh, let's let's hope it's right here. Oh, it goes out for a bit. <laughs> ah, and it's proggy. That's yeah, some fucking it's so Thin Lizzy man. Double guitar. There is some good riffage happening right here. It's like I'm eating a big salad of riffs. Oh, baby. Nom, 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 nom. Hey, Chipotle, could acoustic. you deliver me a <laughs> salad full of riffs? <laughs> um, it was one of the worst selling. It was the worst selling album for Kiss. Yeah. It's the first time in their eight year history that they didn't tour just because it sold so poorly. They just did a bunch of promotional appearances. They don't play including- this shit. They play a world without heroes on um, the kiss uh, unplugged. They did it unplugged. Yeah. Okay. They did. uh, They're on Fridays. It's great performance. It's very weird. I want to say Larry David introduces them, but I'm not positive. They, uh, yeah, they, uh, they did world without heroes. I and the oath on Fridays. Yeah. The oath is a great song too. Crazy idea about what their new outfit should be. (laughs) <laughs> like Paul does that band purple bandana. Yeah. Uh it, still in makeup though, right? Or are they, they out no, of makeup? No, they still here? are in makeup, but like Gene right. cut his hair and pulled it back in a weird way. Um oh, they look so insane. Weird. They look like they don't know what they're doing. They look like a cover band of Kiss. Yeah. But uh and there's still weird little like he co-wrote this one with Reba, but like Mr. Blackwell feels like a gene simmons kiss song and also yeah. is just a weird idea because i'm like it's like there's this band coheed and cambria who does like uh, they're proggy but they're supposed to be the story about like sci-fi but they reference new brunswick new jersey and i'm which like well is, that takes uh, which, you out well but no but you don't know this jeff new brunswick new jersey is a spaceship yeah that's what i always forget Rutgers is a fully functioning spaceship the grease trucks are yeah. a fully functioning spaceship yeah. and you say what do you want what do you want <laughs> um, they just referencing uh, mr blackwell and in my mind i was always like like the guy who does like the list of fashion like why are you talking about 
But you're not going to sound Gene Simmons. But yeah, I, I, if, if you get one thing out of this podcast, give the elder a fucking try. Give the elder a fucking try. I listen I to the it elder all the time. Is, it drives my yeah. wife nuts. I think the elder, I haven't honestly listened to it in a very long time, except for this run here. Um, and I will say that the elder is just as important a rock album than uh, Destroyer. Yeah. It's just, it's so good. It's not Kiss that you no. know of. It's not Kiss. Honestly, I think they probably would have been better by coming up with some fucking like Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Like they could, they should have been the elders for this they album. They should have, but they became probably, the kiss that Jeff Garlock needed. Yes. They're, they're not the kiss you want. They're the, they're kiss, the kiss you need. Indeed. Exactly. Depending on the record and depending on right. the song. Uh, the next al- the next album was Kiss Killers, which is a greatest hits album that came out in 82 with four brand new songs on it called I'm a Legend Tonight, Down on Your Knees, of course, uh, of course. Nowhere to Run and Partners in Crime. It also included uh, Shout It Out Loud and, of course, included an edited version of I Was Made for Loving You, basically just to make a little money where, uh, you know, they didn't make uh, much money off the album. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then they end, they end, is it unceremonious that they end with, uh, an album after this with makeup? Like Creatures of the Night feels lost a little bit. Creatures of the Night feels lost, but I will say I like Creatures of lot. the Night fucking rules. <laughs> I like it a lot, Jason. It, like, it might be my second favorite Kiss record. It was, um... It's the last album with Vin, with uh, Ace. Yeah. And their first album with Vinnie Vincent, who was uncredited on the album. Eric Carr is now the drummer for Kiss. We we didn't even talk about that. He wasn't, you know. Yeah. Chris is out. Yeah. Uh, Freely is on his way out. Yeah. Eric Carr comes in. And, uh, man, Eric Carr, what a hell of a drummer. Yeah. What a hell of a drummer. And uh, from everything that I've read about Eric Carr, that he was just, you know, you know, Peter Chris left during the unmasked recorded recording sessions, uh, officially left in 80 and then was officially replaced by Eric Carr in 80. Um, Eric Carr, one of the nicest guys you could ever meet, died the same day as Freddie Mercury. Oh, crazy. On uh, November 24th, 1991. So his death was kind of um, over. You know, like all the media outlets mm-hmm. went with Freddie news. Sure. You know, which made perfect sense. Um, but Eric Carr. All the Freddie news you can lose. <laughs> all the Freddie news. you can, I almost want to hear that. MTV news thing. And then Kurt Loder like, I'm a downer. And I'm about to tell you that Kurt Cobain is dead. And you're just like, what Fuck. terrible way to find out from Kurt yeah. Loader. <laughs> we'll talk more about Loader on the Nirvana Rock Talk. <laughs> um, but this, I mean, he's a hell of a drummer. And his look was the Fox. I think it was the Fox. And then Vinnie Vincent was like, had like a... It's weird because they re-released it with the non-makeup photo, I guess. I've never seen that. They did. They There's did a second release. They're like, let's do that too. Uh, yeah. yeah, it looks like the. F- and they have Bruce Kulick on that cover instead of uh, Vinnie Vincent. Oh, it's have Vinnie Vincent. Because yeah, yeah. Bruce Kulick was the guitarist at that point in time. But this album fucking rules, man. The like 
this is such a class. Like Kiss is back to that Kiss that people knew and loved, and getting into kind of like harder speed metally parts here or there. Like, have you ever seen the video for "I Love It Loud"? I don't think so. Man, they, MTV was playing this all the time when it started, and like Kiss has these big, like, like the cover, the big white eyes. Yeah, yeah. Like in the video, like turn up, you don't have to be afraid. I like before I heard Gene Simmons speak, that's how I thought he spoke. Of course. He's like, I'm going down to the mall today. <laughs> that's how we you all thought he spoke. <laughs> I feel like I believe it. Jesus. Okay, Gene. Gene. Jesus God Christ. Uh, but I love it loud that we're singing like assholes in the. Uh, it's just such. I a think good Creatures song. of the Night is an amazing song. Like, listen to those drums. Like, oh, Kiss, oh, Kiss finally had a drummer again. Yeah, that was just like, oh yeah, doing it. When Kiss has people that know what they're doing in the band, they're unfucking touchable. I agree. Oh, oh, they yeah. oftentimes have people that are not exactly working for. Like, they're just a confusing band. <laughs> because they are a very confusing band um but yeah this is a great album uh the other singles uh killer and of course creatures of the night uh this is coming out at the end of this month i think or maybe right around when this is actually uh being you know available for download there's a new version uh a uh anniversary version of creatures of the night i mean i uh, have a list i have it on my short list of like go back and re-listen a bunch and find the, yeah. the, the killer songs because I'm like, oh, do I think I like Rock and Roll Hell? I don't completely remember, but I think I did. Yeah. Um, but it also is possibly one that I'll try to find a copy of on vinyl. Yeah, it's it's so good. It's so good, guys. Um, and this is the end of the makeup era for Kiss. Yeah, because they, they realize the next way to market them, show those pretty... <laughs> Pretty faces. <laughs> the one thing we wanted is to see the hideousness of some of these weird looking oh, dudes. Oh my god! And then, hey. you, and then immediately you went, "Gilly, put the makeup oh, back on." Maybe you should put the clown makeup back on. <laughs> oh, but that's it, guys, for this episode of Hawk Rock Talk: The Makeup Years of Kiss. And you know what? We're coming right back very soon with the non-makeup years of KISS, and we kick it off with their 1983 album, Lick It Up. Oh, it's going to be an auspicious start. <laughs> Slurp it down, because it's coming soon on the Hawk. And I hit the post. And I hit the Look post. Look at that. It's amazing. <laughs>